Oh, should I go get a beer? Maybe I should I should get a beer. I have a Coors Light that's calling my name. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Asahi. an Asahi. Ooh, or should I break out the good stuff and get the uh, Saison Dupont? Oh, you're going to make me jealous. Nah, I'll do Coors Light. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> This ain't your granddaddy's Britney Spears. <laughs> this is Think Outside the Box at the Internet's only uh, hot tick machine. I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. Uh, we've been we've been testing out this uh, this new tagline, the Internet's only hot take machine. Uh, and I think Nathan was doing it at first to punish me for coming up with it, <laughs> um, for saying that like our podcast is about making hot takes about uh about recorded music and uh um pop music personas and things like that uh but um it's starting to grow on me <laughs> you know, it's only hot take machine it's oh, kind of no. some real like little stinker energy and uh i <laughs> i'm actually really liking it and as so, for me uh, i've we- completely forgotten my motivation for continuing to say it <laughs> i'm really lost in the sauce over here <laughs> This season, season 17, we're trying to make hot takes uh, about uh, the music of Britney Spears. And the a lot persona. Of people have a lot of ideas about Britney Spears, and we want to, and we think that's fine, but we want to have opinions Sometimes. about the music. That's what we're here to do. It is, yes. And this is a big change for Britney. This is her self titled album, Britney. Uh, it is from October. It came out on Halloween of 2001. Uh, so oh, it's wow. the first post 9-11 Britney, although it was, it was all recorded before 9-11. So we won't sure. get her de- definitive take on the whole situation until the next album. I don't think that that is always an interesting point in these seasons when they, when they start before 9-11 mm-hmm. and go after it. It's like, mm-hmm. are you going to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. You're going to address the elephant in the room of the world. Yep. 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 And some of them, uh, really try hard to ignore it, and some of them uh, respond very explicitly, and some of them uh, ca- try to ignore it, but find themselves being influenced it by it anyway, which is kind of how I felt Garth handled it. Yep. Yeah. Um, he, he was an interesting case, because he was, like, country music got so much more jingoistic and violent, and he kind of refused to do much, if any, of that, and... But it was like a very implicit uh, commentary because I don't think he's made a lot of public statements about it. Yeah. Yeah. He only had like one kind of swing into like actual real serious pandering to like shitty masculine mm-hmm. patriarchal America with the man in the machine mm-hmm. once. And then he and then he pulled it back. Right. The rest yeah. of the time, he's just like lovable centrist Garth Brooks, <laughs> <laughs> lovable technocratic neoliberal Garth Brooks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he was. He sang. Did we? Did we mention this on the show that he sang uh, "Amazing Grace" at the uh, at Biden's inauguration? Oh, I don't remember if we mentioned that or not. He he did that, and then he hugged a lot of people. <laughs> huh. That's. Uh... <laughs> I don't remember if he had his mask choices. on when he did it or not. I don't think he did. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe he's trying yeah. to assassinate the president or something. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, Obama's notoriously really bad about mask wearing, too. He is? I didn't know that. (laughs) I mean, he always has one on, but he's always quick to let his nose hang out or to take it off in order to be heard. Like, there's this one video of him last year where he's playing basketball, like, in a gym, but everyone has masks on. Mm. And um, he does, like, a three-point uh, and it's like kind of incredible. And he, and, uh, and he just like walks away. Um, and mm. he says like, that's how we do or something like that. And then he takes his mask down to like emphasize like, stop. <laughs> you were, you were so cool <laughs> until this. And then it was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. This guy's, he, that's kind of his whole deal is like seeming really cool, but oh shit. He's actually not that yeah. good. <laughs> oh no. What have we done? Yeah. Uh, Obama's got, you know, real like sit on a chair backwards with America energy. <laughs> Talk to us about Let's Raytheon. Wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rap about Raytheon. Oh shit. Uh, anyway, uh, Brittany, the album from Brittany the Person. Uh, this is a <laughs> what? <laughs> What? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm just uh, I'm just in, in, in enamored with your um, <laughs> way of thinking about things. <laughs> Thank you. I choose to accept that as a compliment. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is she. She changes. Like this is a big a big change, a big step forward, if we will, for her. Um, because like, you know, like, like we said, the the way we characterized the first album was kind of like, it had a couple big singles and it, it was kind of like incoherent and was like dabbling in a lot of different stuff. But the second album really doubled down on the hit singles from the first album. And we're like, what if we made a whole album out of just those singles? Yeah. And it was a little bit samey. This album feels like Britney is very self-consciously trying to grow up, uh, like literally and like explicitly and implicitly um and be more of an adult person and be more of an adult singer and participate in a little bit more grown-up music like she doesn't want to be bubblegum pop for 12 year olds she wants to be like uh have wide appeal across different age demographics she wants to participate in the adult scene of she doesn't want to be in the Mickey Mouse Club. She wants to be in the she company wants to be of Madonna. Contemporary, and, yeah, <laughs> exactly. She wants to be hobnobbing with Madonna and uh, Janet Jackson, and I think she does end up doing that. Yeah, um, she writes on a lot more tracks in this album. She's collaborating with new people. Mm-hmm. I'm actually look noticing this for the first time. There's a there's a decent amount of Pharrell. Yes, there is. And uh, Dido is one of the writers on here. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is on here? Any other names that I recognize? Max Martin is back on again. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Justin Timberlake. It, Justin Timberlake, of course. Yeah, yeah this they were is dating like, at I think the time. Right before they, they broke up. Yeah. And he handled um, it really shittily after that. Oh, yeah. There's I have, some um, wild shit that happens in... in uh, her in these years for her um because he breaks up with her and then he goes and like brags on all these talk shows about he and Brit- how he and britney had sex which was a huge deal for the time because right uh because um because america i guess um because and, misogyny yeah and because it's fine for justin timberlake to fuck obviously he's gonna fuck he's a cute yeah. he's a cutie he's a cute, cute boy patootie. of course yeah. he's gonna 
it's going to get down and dirty. But girls yeah. can't do that. They're not allowed. No. Um, no. <laughs> and then he. Well, she's he, not yet a woman. <laughs> that's right. Yes. And then he apparently, uh, on his second solo album, he has a song. Uh, fuck, I forget what it's called. Um, it's called like it's something shitty. Um, it's called like uh, I'm flailing. Oh no. I, I don't know. The only the only song that I specifically know that addresses this is well, it's the music video for Cry Me a River. That's the one. Yeah, Cry Me a River. That's yeah. what you're thinking of. He okay. like in the music video, he breaks into Britney's house and has sex with someone else in her bed, right? Yeah, and it's it's like a Britney lookalike, but everyone knows what he's doing, right? Which is a couple like a couple just like inventively shitty uh ways of handling a breakup like most people when when breakups happen don't do these kinds of things like he 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 took a lot of his imagination and creativity and bent it towards the purpose of coming up with shitty things to do to britney spears and it's you know it's impressive on one level but on another level it's kind of disappointing jt yeah it uh that song rules though it's one mm. of the catchiest songs I've ever, <laughs> I've ever heard. I mean, it can never be said that JT is not good at making pop music. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> one of the one of the weird parts of that music video is I think it's Timbaland is the the rapper. Um, no, you're thinking of the boots. But he, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's Timbaland, uh, and he says. Like, the role that he plays in the music video is that he's, like, driving Justin. No, I think he drives the woman who Justin is, is sleeping with oh. uh, to the house. Uh-huh. Um, or, like, he's the chauffeur or something, which is also kind of fucked up. That Like, that's yeah. the role that the one black guy in the music video is doing. Yeah. He's just driving them around. Uh, driving Miss like, one- New Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Justin. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he he has this like one. It's not even. It's, it's not a rap verse, and it's like he barely sings. He goes, he says, uh, "The damage is done, so what? Guess I'll be leaving or something like that." And like that's him in the in the video saying, "Like, well, I played my role in this shitty little thing, <laughs> so <laughs> it's really strange." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, uh i i have a uh, justin's apology here I, I think i should just read the whole thing that came out recently right yeah yeah because uh the the uh fr- you know hashtag free britney and framing britney spears and mm-hmm. um so yeah justin has uh been pressured to make some sort of statement so mm-hmm. uh i think it's worth we, we can do the thing that we <laughs> the game we you and i play in our in our own uh in, in our own lives off record which is uh rate that apology <laughs> <laughs> yes i like this game <laughs> yeah okay justin timberlake uh fi- 59.8 million followers this is on uh this is on twitter mm-hmm. let's look at his net worth too justin. <laughs> uh i've seen the messages tags comments and concerns and i want to respond I am deeply okay. sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women and I know I have failed. 
I also feel compelled to respond in part because everyone involved deserves better. And most importantly, because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be part of and grow from. Uh, hmm. Well, I mean, it's vaguer than it should be, I think. Yeah. And it's, I mean, too, it's a tweet too broad. I, yeah, I guess so. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. Maybe, it maybe the tweet very... isn't the best medium for an apology. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Let's play the other game that we can engage in, which is, was this apology written by a publicist? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sounds like maybe it was. Oh, and JT is worth $250 million. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing at the end of the day is JT hasn't given up any sort of power and he's not doing anything as far as I know that's reparative. So, Mm -hmm. um, yep. (laughs) Oh, shit. And, uh, and Britney Spears is worth a lot less. She's worth, she was worth sixty million in two thousand two, and CelebrityNetWorth.com says she's worth seventy million now. Okay, yeah, interesting. And I well, wonder how much of that about- she has control over versus like her dad just siphoning it away from her. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it would be a lot of the latter. Should we start talking yeah. about the songs, or are there any other background things that we need to? There's talk about one more about background thing I want to say. Okay. After this, I guess this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but in between this album and the next one, uh, after she breaks up with JT, there is this little nugget from Wikipedia. <clears throat> uh, this is for, let's see, 2002, or I guess 2003, probably. The same year, Limp Biscuit frontman Fred Durst said that he was in a relationship with Spears. However, Spears denied Durst's claims. In a 2009 interview, he explained that, quote, I just guess at the time that it was taboo for a guy like me to be associated with a gal like her, unquote. It's taboo any time for anyone to be associated with Fred Durst. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I looked up a photo of him recently. Uh, I looked. I was like, Fred Durst, 2021 on Google image search. And he has like a big gray beard now. And he kind of looks like... um, shit what does he look like he looks like some like uh like uh like dignified elder statesman of the acting world or something um oh wow he i mean he yeah, looks look good but he's still like is a shithead and still wears like stupid ball caps and stuff <laughs> <laughs> is he is he shitty or does he just have bad music he seems like a shitty dude i mean the anecdote he's, i just read I mean, from yeah, wikipedia seems pretty I, I, shitty <laughs> I mean, we should have canceled him a long time ago, um, and we never got that apology for him covering George Michael. <laughs> yes, <laughs> one of the one of the best pop songs ever written, uh, per, uh, performed and covered by one of the sh- the shittiest shitheads <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> ever ever funded. Mm-hmm. Hot dog water, fuck that guy. Yeah, or or don't preferably. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, all right. Yeah, let's get into to Britney, the album. Uh, yeah, I guess we should talk about the first song, which is called I'm a Slave for You. The number four and the letter U. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. What to say about, about yeah. this one? It's not very coherent. No. Lyrically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it seems to be mostly about enjoying dancing. Yep. Like for dancing for fun. I really want to dance tonight with you. I just can't help myself. Yeah. And like part of that is, you know, the, the horny aspects of dancing in a club, but mm-hmm. it's also just, uh, about en- enjoying the experience. But then there's the, the chorus, I'm a slave for you. And I, and I think it's supposed to be about a specific, I guess it's about a specific object of her affection yeah. for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she I might be know. talking to music make... in the same way Macklemore did, you know? Yeah. Maybe she's fucking music, you know? Yeah. Or dancing. Or dancing. She's fucking dancing. <laughs> she's fucking dancing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, neither. Hmm? No, you go. Okay, I was gonna say not no, not a up. not a great metaphor. I'm a slave for you. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, there are many different kinds of slavery, and it has existed in many different forms throughout world history. Um, yeah, and I guess some of it's like kink, although I can't particularly speak to that. Yeah, me either. Um, but still, I mean, this is America. Nathan and I are both in gimp suits right now. Yeah. <laughs> w- winking through gimp suits. Wink, oh, wink. Hey, there's the title. Yeah. Great. <laughs> there it is. We, we found it early. That's great. <laughs> Just stumbled uh, up on that. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, I mean, obviously this is America. And when you say slave or slavery in America, uh, it's pretty tough to not think of the American form of slavery, which is arguably maybe the worst in the history of the world. Um, or, you know, broadly speaking, the Americas. Um, I understand the Caribbean was also quite bad and maybe potentially worse. Although, who can really rank these things, honestly? Um, anyway, all that to say... Are you I, sure you don't... Are you, are you sure you want to say anyway? Don't you want to talk about how the Irish were slaves? <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into that? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, people don't talk about this, but the Irish were actually discriminated against more than anyone else. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> God damn, it is so wild that people say that. Someone, I when I when back when I taught and tutored uh, like a critical reading and writing class, someone dropped that shit in a, um, in a very diverse classroom also, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, yeah. uh, one of the white students was like, oh, but the Irish were also enslaved. And uh, yeah, I... Uh, I, I could feel that the temperature in the room dropped by like five or 10 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the funny, the funny thing about that is um, it's never used rhetorically to say, and that's why we're pissed. And that's why, you that's know, why like, we're that's allies. Why we're going to, and that's why we're going to join right, with you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's never solidarity. It's like, we we were incorporated into whiteness and like gave up our cultural identity. Why why won't you do the same thing? You know, yeah. So. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah. It's 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 always it's always that and never just like you know mm-hmm. actual Irish people in Ireland. Are, you know who who are subversive are like the real deal and yeah. pretty scary sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, Irish people here are just not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the case. Anyway, so anyway, this is uh shout out to our all our Irish listeners. Yeah. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I see Patty's Day is our first episode since 
since uh, good old Patrick, who uh, my my favorite Irishman, St. Yeah. Patrick. Yeah, he drove all the snakes out of Irish Ireland. That's all why the there's no snakes. snakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely about snakes, not about uh, religious and cultural uh, genocide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's get to um, yeah, this is this is something, man, I was having this conversation with Rachel, my wife, my wife, earlier, and she was saying that, like, oh, man, uh, looking back on it now, the title, like, hits in a real different way. Like, at the time, you know, we, I mean, all of us were, like, what, like, uh, four, 13, 14 years old? I mean, I guess you were a couple years younger. Um, but, yeah, we didn't really think about these things. And, yeah, it, it really feels like, this is, like, 20 years ago, but it feels like a totally different planet. Like, yeah. especially in terms of what white people think they are entitled to say, uh, yeah. it feels like a completely different, especially <laughs> white men, but also including like Britney writing a song called I'm a slave for you. Yeah. It's a totally different follow planet. up hit single. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think ages uh, poor um, her using the word slave after I'm a, or using the numeral four and letter U. <laughs> <laughs> Just total AIM. Obviously slave, Language. because I, I think that, that Prince has precedented uh, and legitimized the use of numbers and letters in that way. He did a lot of that kind of Good shit. Point. Um, I think, I, I think I'm, I'm on the verge of becoming like a massive Prince evangelist. Um, there's this okay there's this uh i i read a a magazine called current affairs which is a a very good very good uh magazine that people should check out um and the uh, main editor nathan robinson is (laughs) quite the character he's a bit foppish um in a fun way and he wrote an article recently called the case for prince and it's all about how he thinks prince is the greatest musician ever um so we'll we'll link that in the show notes. It is a very fun article and greater uh, than Mozart, Nathan. <laughs> uh well, I mean, in terms of uh pure recorded output, I think Prince has the edge on him. <laughs> Not a lot of recordings from uh, those okay. times. Um I I will put that in, in the in the learning links. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. So I, I read that article. I'm like, all right, I think, uh, I think it's time for me to become a massive Prince Stan. Uh, okay. So I'm a slave for you. I remember when this came out They're in, uh, you said that it maybe is a sauna. <laughs> oh yes, there is. Okay. On the Wikipedia article for this song, it describes the music video and some of the thinking that went into the music video. Uh, it was filmed in a sound stage. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It's got some belly dancing in it. And the director said uh, that he wanted it to go global. Quote, I came up with this concept of having this club be in this abandoned Asian bathhouse and having it be filled with young world travelers, the kind of people who would go to these far exotic places to go to a place cool. like this. <laughs> Unquote. So, uh, I'm speaking of sh- wild shit that white people thought they- it was okay to say. <laughs> the word exotic. <laughs> That's weird that it's supposed to be a bathhouse because I remember like the the exterior shots. It it makes it look like it's a post apocalyptic, um, uh, pr- like the projects. Really, like it's like a huge cement uh, uh, apartment building. Oh, huh. 
That's what I it mean, looks like in the music video. It's funny. Cement apartment buildings in Asia. Well, yeah. And, the, and then on the inside, yeah, it looks like a, a bathhouse. Uh-huh. Um, everyone's very, like, very sweaty in the video, mm-hmm. very moist. Um, there are, like, there are these, like, model-looking ladies uh, leaning up against... They're kind of cuddling with each other, which mm-hmm. uh, I I don't know. I probably wouldn't want to <laughs> want to do if I was like that hot. <laughs> um, and then yeah. they're like, there's a lot of like very sensual Im- imagery that I'd never really seen before in a music video like this. Like they were like touching this this fella's lips, who's mm. leaning on their laps. Um, lips and laps. I think there was a snake at one point. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and Peta gets mad. Was that or maybe in that the, was a performance? I think that was a live performance. I don't know if that's actually in the um, music video because on yeah, the Wikipedia page right. for the song, they talk about the live performances. She had a, a uh, shit. Where'd it go? Um, it's a python, right? Yeah, like there a was a python. albino Burmese python and a white tiger at the 2001 MTV Mu- Video Music Awards. That's it. Yeah, I think I watched that. Mm. I don't think uh, I, I think PETA got mad. They did. Or said they got mad. They were gonna have. They were had like a, a line of ads or something all lined up with uh, Britney to promote veganism, and they canceled it because she performed on stage with animals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a. T- I don't have a take on that either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't really. Yeah. I guess I don't really trust PETA to have. Uh, I don't know to actually want to solve for pattern. Yeah, exactly. They seem like white supremacists. Is that libel? <laughs> <laughs> it's not libel I, if it's I true, think, Cameron. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think. In, I think in general, there's something about um, uh, uh, veganism or vegetarianism uh, when it's s- like when when people are specifically saying that everyone should do it. That feels like white supremacy. Well, maybe not as a blanket statement, but I think some of the more evangelistic ones or yeah, the ones who I mean. who don't like think about more uh like sustainable or traditional ways of life. Um yeah. like, you know, for instance, some of the Native American peoples that lived here before we genocided them uh were about as far from veganism as you can get, but were living in a much more sustainable way than all the people who came here and polluted everything, you know? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that it's, it's more ethical to get like a bunch of like plastic wrapped, uh, <laughs> tofurkey. That's the other thing is like people, people always want like vegan leather sneakers and it's like, well, those are made of petroleum. <laughs> like, is that really, is that really better than like leather? <laughs> I mean, I guess in a one sense it kind of is, but in another sense, no. Um, all right. So this song, I'm a slave for you. It opens with this intro. I know I may be young, but I've got feelings too. And I need to do what I feel like doing. So let me go and just listen. Hmm. Um, which I feel like is not like, it's not like a part of the song. Right. Really? Like, it's not about the song. doesn't have much bearing on the song. Yeah, it's saying like, "Hey, this is new Britney. This ain't your grand granddaddy's Britney. Um, I'm I'm gonna be horny now. Um, yeah, and it's time um, to be horny. If I'm fetishized, it's because I'm gonna be doing it myself, and it's because I want it. Things like that. So, there is a time for everything under the sun. There is a time to sow. There is a time to reap. 
There's a time to be chaste and there's a time to be horny, as the Bible teaches <laughs> there's us. A, there's a time to go to horny jail. Bonk, bonk, <laughs> bonk goes the corgi. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that a reference to you something know about I don't the, know? The horny jail corgi? Horny jail. I'm just going to do a quick Google image search. Right, I'll, put, I'll put it in the <laughs> learning links. Horny jail corgi. Bonk, corgi, horny jail. It's on Reddit. Well, there's a yeah. whole subreddit called it's, horny jail. Yeah. I don't understand what's happening here, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, if you if you um, were on more um, Hades uh, subreddits and and uh, forums and things like that for the the hit super giant game Hades, then uh, you would know more about Horny Jail. Ah, is there a lot of Horny Jail uh, based on Hades? Uh, yeah, it's a very horny game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the funny thing about that little intro is that like, I mean, this song says that it's written or it, it says it's written by Pharrell and Chad Hugo, um, exclusively, like someone wrote these words for her to say, mm-hmm. which is yeah. weird. It, I, I just keep thinking about the, like the, the campaign to like, um, give her character arc. Yeah. I guess you could say, you know, Mm-hmm. It's like about empowerment, um, and about her like growing up and like, um, evolving her image, but it all, but yeah, like if you, it all seems so, uh, uh, yeah, coercive and, um, like sort of cynical, cynically put together. Uh, I think we'll especially get to that once we talk about the song, um, I'm not a girl, um, not yet a woman. Yeah. That's a pretty on the nose (laughs) song. Yeah. Um, Okay. Speaking of this, we should talk about Overprotected, which I think is probably the worst defender uh, in this album. Hot takes. I was just talking about. Here we go. Hot takes. So I think the quote in the genius lyrics about this is really telling. She says, this is a song I can relate to on a personal basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quick aside, this is a Ramey and Max Martin song. This is not a song that she wrote. So Mm -hmm. she's saying, I can relate to the song on a personal basis because I kind of feel feel kind of overprotected. When I want to go out, everything has to be organized in advance. I think that other kids of my age can relate to it uh to a certain extent so mm-hmm. like she's she's sort of pretend <laughs> like in this quote she's sort of pretending like this song wasn't very specifically sort of about her persona she's like oh yeah i can relate to this yeah well, it's like of course you can this song is written for you to sing yep. about an idea of your life and we're spinning this narrative of you maybe actually being in control but uh, mm-hmm. but you yeah like this is uh <laughs> you're not you don't have writing credits on the song mm-hmm. um and uh the, yeah you didn't write this of course you, you're thinking in terms of like yeah i relate to this right it it really makes me wonder to what extent there is a monolithic machine that was uh puppeteering britney in the sense that like her father runs her life now like 
were all the music producers and the managers and the songwriters were they all in on it or was were there like different factions where max martin was like or and and rami were like oh shit uh this is kind of a fucked up dynamic where her father is like trying to run her life and stuff you know does that make sense what i'm saying yeah uh yeah i don't i don't know i mean part of me sort of suspects that it's all just sort of like that that none of it is is like really on purpose i think it's all just sort of like um people just thinking oh what's what's the story that we're telling and what's going to make money and what's going to like move the plot ahead it's just like a writer's room you know i don't think they're necessarily like it's twirling their mustaches right yeah it's kayfabe yeah um yeah i think they're just thinking like uh you know like okay like we've gotten some like pushback about um you know fetishizing this young woman and like Mm -hmm. you know putting her in catholic schoolgirl outfits and stuff like that like maybe we need to like spin the narrative of that she's actually in control uh let's let's (laughs) do that for her (laughs) that's so cynical oh my god (laughs) i mean i don't know how else to take this song and like even she's saying in this in this quote i relate to this song on a personal basis you know she's very clearly has nothing to do with this this song like in terms of like her choice in the matter so. oh boy man it's it's it was that nsync album that had the um them all as marionettes but that that's just what i think of for britney is like she's being she's like right. a marionette for other people and yeah i wonder if that's just going to be the overarching story of britney even up to the present day yeah which is such a fucking tragedy yeah um i mean she's clearly talented I- she clearly has her yeah. own ideas She's an amazing yeah. singer and dancer, you know. So. I well, I, I guess I haven't actually watched videos of her. I don't know about dancing. I think she's but. a pretty good dancer. I don't know if I would say that she's like an amazing singer. You don't think so? Um, I mean, maybe not amazing. It's, it's, she's good. It's hard. It's hard to separate out the affect from the quality of her voice. Um, uh, she is quite affected. Yeah, and and then. And then also like the studio, uh, the studio of it all, you know, like mm-hmm. you can, like you can get a lot of, you, you can portray a certain aspect of yourself. Like if, if you spend enough time and resources in the studio, um, you, you can make it sound like you can sing in tune. You know, you know who doesn't sing in tune hardly ever? Fucking Sufjan Stevens. He's a terrible singer. <laughs> he's like, he, he's like in terms of intonation, um, and some other ways too. Like if you see him live, I, I still think his live performances are lovely, but he can't, dude can't sing in tune. Um, oh wow. Uh, and like, I, I don't know if we've ever actually heard Britney actually perform live or not. Mm-hmm. Um, like really sing. I don't, truly no but like right even based on what we're hearing in these albums it's like bleh, i don't know <laughs> mm, interesting interesting perspective so hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and there's there's also yeah there's not this culture around britney like there is around you know lady gaga or christina aguilera or even jennifer lopez you mm-hmm. know which is like well they're like immensely talented people um who are parti- who, who are playing the game you know, but like you could still get them in front of a mic with no studio magic and have them like bring down the house. You know? Oh shit. So I guess the question is like, is the story of Brittany going to become 
an empty shell who's being puppeted. Like, is there a there there? Empty shell. I'm specifically, (laughs) I'm specifically talking about her voice. I I, Um, I mean, in terms of like talent or like, is, is she like an actually a talented person who has been controlled or is she like a not super talented person who has been like, like, like morphed and like contorted into this pop star image and persona by other people, by malevolent forces, including her dad. Right. I mean, I would say that she's a good, we've all seen her. We know that it's her dancing. Right. So we know she's like a good dancer and that she can like, uh, do some kind of singing or really effective lips, lip syncing, mm-hmm. like, or something while she's doing these really intense choreography, um, bits. And so, okay, let's, 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 let's do this real quick. Uh, Britney Spears, real voice. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, looking up on Wikipedia. This says it has been widely reported that Spears lip syncs during live performances. Um, yeah. <clears throat> she says, uh, it says some, however, claimed that although she got plenty of digital support, she doesn't merely lip sync during her live shows. It doesn't. That's uh oh, that's that's a spin article from Evelyn McDonald talking about how Britney Spears isn't lip syncing. Um, hmm. Here, I'm gonna drop uh, a little YouTube uh, video. This says this this might be actual uh, total trash, but it says it's Britney Spears' real voice. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And okay, then if it's trash. Then then. Well, I think we'll I, I think I can route it, it so we can hear it on the episode okay, as great. well. Um, I might need a second. Can you hear that? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to start it over. So. Wide vibrato. Damn. Alright. Alright, I'm gonna fade it out. Or I guess just pause it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will point out that all of those are pretty highly produced Steve, uh, TV appearances. Right. Although they are, you know, from the mid to late 90s, which is, I guess, potentially earlier than a lot of lips. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, they were lip syncing back in the 50s and 60s. Like, it's really hard yeah, to say for a TV performance how much of it is actually live, you know? I, I I will say that like for you know what I've heard in her music, what I've heard in her performances, what I heard just then, like even the most polished versions of Britney's voice, um, I don't think that it's necessarily. I think it's iconic, mm-hmm. but I don't. But like her <laughs> her skill as a singer, I I don't I don't think is like. I don't even think they're trying to spin her as like, wow, she's such a powerful singer. 
Like, I don't think yeah. that is even ever part of the narrative. I really. mean, she's she's no, like, technician. She's no, like, virtuoso, I don't think. But, yeah. you know, compared to, like, you know, Fred Durst or, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of, like, <laughs> singers from the pop rock idiom, I think she's, you know, leaps and bounds beyond a lot of those folks. Nathan? Mm-hmm. I know you're trying to defend her. I think what you just said is a lot more offensive. <laughs> really? What? Huh? How so? What? Com- you're saying, but yeah, but com- compared to Fred Durst, fuck you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. A terrible ally. No, I. That was a that was the wrong example to choose. I think compared to someone like Eddie Vedder is probably a better comparison. <laughs> that dude's voice sucks. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I don't disagree okay so we talked about overprotected um i don't have a ton of time left we've only talked about two tunes yeah uh the the this, the ones that seem like we should talk about them i'm not a girl not yet a woman um me either cameron uh, it's brave of you to say okay. though <laughs> not not yet i'm not ruling it out <laughs> I, I, I am a, not a girl a, but a i am also not yet a woman <laughs> um so there's um i think musically uh, anticipating is probably the the f- most fun song. It's fun. And it's disco. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth at least talking about. Uh, I love rock and roll a little bit, a little bit, because it was it was the crossroads. You know, the movie. It was like the, oh, the song from the I movie. Didn't know that. She does karaoke in that movie. Oh, um, okay. To I love rock and roll. You do? Um, I don't. <laughs> I also really like bombastic love, and I think, uh, I think we could talk about that. There's actually, yeah, there's a fair amount of stuff that's like kind of good in this album. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This ain't your granddaddy's Britney. It's also not your your grandchild's Britney. (laughs) I mean, maybe we should just move into talking about positive stuff that we specifically like. Yeah, let's talk about instead of. You mean just skip? I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. I feel yeah, like we've like, kind of we covered anything? that thematic territory. It's, yeah. That's a very on the nose, like, where she's just like, it's, it's explicitly talking about her character arc that we've already kind of teased out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. We've already talked about it. Um, maybe you could just play a sound sample and then we'll move on. Yeah. Okay. So this is track Dido four. was one of the writers on this, ah. interestingly enough. Times. I mean, let's be honest. There isn't really much to this song except the line, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Yeah. The rest of Max, it is just scaffolding. Max, uh, Spears said uh, in an interview, Max Martin wrote this, and it's a personal song about that transitional stage in life. Back when he was um, a girl and not yet a woman. Yeah. <laughs> A woman has all the wisdom that she needs, and I'm in, and I'm right in between right now. I'm almost a woman. It's a beautiful song. Um, I think it's like kind of shitty that they're saying she's not a woman in this song, and then that's what they want the narrative to be. It's like she's a uh-huh. fucking woman. She's been a woman like for a couple years now, and yeah. Uh, I mean, how old is she at this point? She's like she's twenty years old, right? She's at least twenty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's enough to be that's far beyond the age of majority. Uh, I mean, it, it's not enough to buy booze because of our weird backwards uh, alcohol laws. Um, but she was born in 81. Is that right? Uh, yeah, 81. 
Yeah. I guess she was 19 when this album came out, so not quite 20, but still, like, that's, you know, well beyond puberty, the age of majority, all that. I can understand, like, I mean, like, I, (laughs) I wasn't an adult, um, like when I when I needed to be an adult, <laughs> you <laughs> yep. know, a bit of a late bloomer in terms of adulthood. I think like many millennials were because of you know the shitty uh, situation that we uh, aged into. Um, mm-hmm. What well, with all of the uh, uh, financial crises, mm-hmm. um, and uh, anyway, um, so I I think like I understand the idea of the song, but they're not they're not talking about adulthood they're talking about womanhood um and they're specifically talking about wanting to address that britney's getting older but they don't want you to think of her as empowered yet (laughs) yeah you know and uh yeah once again she's not a writer on that song yep all right you want to talk about anticipating Uh, yeah we should it's this is great yeah yeah it's a bop uh, I, yeah. I was I was a little su- bit surprised to hear that uh, Max Martin and none of the Swedes are featured on this song, but it's also it's a very American like disco pop. It's it doesn't really yeah. have an ABBA sound. I was also I was also surprised to see no Pharrell in this, but I think oh, maybe Pharrell didn't didn't get into throwbacky stuff until oh, mm-hmm. until uh, the next decade. So yeah, or I don't that's really a good point. I don't really know. Yeah, uh, I don't really know much about that guy's career. You want to play the intro? Yeah, I do want to play the intro. I think this intro's great. Those disco strings, love them. It's just like full Barry White. Yeah. This transition here is great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's lovely. So I love that. That's great. Yeah. And those vamping guitars. This sounds so good. Yeah, it's nothing original, but it's like I wouldn't mind if every song had that <laughs> in its mm-hmm. production. Yeah. I would never get tired of that. It's the best. It's another song about uh wanting to dance. Brittany likes Sweet dancing. Dance. Y'all. Yeah. Turns out. Uh she's we, on the we strip. Can get down to the DJ's sound. They can Feel so good baby all around feeling kind of naughty come and get me now whoa oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah move it baby over here so we can set it off uh yeah so i mean yeah there's a lot of disco songs that are just about dancing and about dancing hornily yep it's true (laughs) and this is just another one of those and yeah i mean I'm not crazy about the specific part that Britney plays in this song, like mm. in terms of her, like singing or the mel- like her melody or anything, but I think it's a very entertaining song. So yeah, yeah. it's very fun. Uh, listen. And, she, and she's it. a writer on this. Oh, that's she says, interesting. Yeah. It's just she's a, a second song writer that I wrote. It's just like being with your girlfriends and just dancing. I think this track 
also has a very 70s feel to it. Yeah. 70s capitalized, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, that's great. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to point something out that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, there's this sort of like yin and yang uh, sexuality um, here. Gotta, gotta really let me know if you want me. You gotta turn me on and make me feel sexy. Whoa, that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a hefty task list. It's a tall order. <laughs> it's a tall order. So I, I feel like there's this interesting like combination here of two different, you know, like a masculine and feminine um, uh, stereotypes of sexuality here. Like mm-hmm. you gotta turn me on and mm-hmm. you have to make me feel sexy. And I'm assuming that when she says. You have to make me feel sexy. She doesn't mean in the um, uh, catcher in the rye sense. As <laughs> the whole in Caulfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think she means you have to make me feel like a a, a, a sexual object of effect, you know, an yeah. object of sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Um, which, um, yeah, I think I, I thought that was like kind of interesting. Um, uh, typically, I like I associate this kind of song with like like a disco song. Like I, I think about like a man being sensual and being like, and, and singing to a woman about mm-hmm. how he wants to make love to her or dance with her mm-hmm. um, or be with her or whatever, or she should take him back or he's staying um, alive. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other. That's a whole can of worms. Yeah, the I'm, New York I'm times effect like, on man. I'm talking about black people disco. I'm not talking <laughs> okay. about BGs, who I I believe are not black. Um, they are not willing to be proven wrong. <laughs> they are not. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Uh. Yeah. Like. It, I. Th- I just. I noticed that line because it. It felt not out of place in a bad way, but like atypical for this kind of song because I usually associate it with like this like sort of masculine wooing. Um. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, like, to have in this song, like, make me feel sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, make me feel like I'm not doing this song and dance for uh, no reason and make me feel like I'm making a fool out of myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Support me. <laughs> make me <Yeah>. feel confident. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really putting myself out there. Yeah, d- definitely. All right. Well, um, you're sending me sending me links to the Bee Gees. Just sending you photos of the the Bee Gees. They're looking like... I also decided um, I'm going to just pronounce it as the Bee Gees now on. The Bee Gees. (laughs) The Bee Gees. (laughs) Oh, that's Um, actually better. The Bee Gees. (laughs) Yeah. I actually really like everything that I've heard of the Bee Gees quite a bit. I mean, they're a hell of a... They're a hell of of an act. I want to bring that back. Is like calling a band or a a singer an act. They're a hell of an act. Isn't that good? (laughs) kind of a good throwback Uh, such a card (laughs) (laughs) it's a gas uh okay so let's talk about i love rock and roll if for no if for no other reason than to um play a clip from the crossroads trailer yes pretty hilarious okay here's the sound sample of the song Uh, 
Yeah, every cover version of the song is unnecessary after the cover version by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Um, Their version is a cover? Apparently, yeah. It was uh, written by Alan Merrill and Jake Hooker and first recorded by The Arrows in 1975. It is best known for its 1982 cover version by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I mean, yeah, her her singing of that is so fucking cool. I just think she's so cool. (laughs) She's cool. There's no denying. Yeah. She's cool. I'm like really into it. Yeah. I, I want her to get with that 17 year old boy. <laughs> in <this> song. <laughs> uh, it's better for him to be 17 than on the edge of 17. That's what I always say. <laughs> I always assumed that in the song that she's her character in the song, the speaker of the song is also like a 17 year old and she's not like. <laughs> um, you can assume that whatever age I am at the time of covering this song is the, what age the character is. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So Britney Spears loves rock and roll ostensibly. So this yep. this was in the Crossroads movie. This was like the big thing. Um, I don't that, remember uh, any of that. I just... So, I. I think I, I heard that like Crossroads got bad reviews and I just like completely opted out of learning anything or hearing about it in any way. Well, you know who's in it is so Zoe Saldana. I saw so, that recent. I just today on Wikipedia, I was like, holy shit. Zoe saw, yeah. I think, is it Sal? I think it might be Saldana. I think she might've uh, claimed the oh, Enya. with the Enya? Yeah. Shit. Well, I haven't been saying that. Damn it. I might be wrong about that. Or maybe you're just over over ethnicizing her name right now. Her birth name at least features the Enya. Okay. Uh, Although the... I don't think... think, You know, last time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think there was an Enya up on that that credit roll. She doesn't necessarily have control over that, though. You don't think so? I think... You know, you think they like Ellis Island her name to make her a star? I think it's very possible. I just never... It never occurred to me before. It's possible because I think like, you know... Mostly white producers, I think, have a lot of control over those kinds of things. Also, uh, joining various actors' unions or writers' unions, from what I understand, you often have to change up your name in some way or another. I remember um, a writer on Futurama named David S. Cohen had to change. His professional name is David X. Cohen because there was already a David S. Cohen. And so, he had to like have a different name just for union regulations. So right. it wouldn't surprise me if the unions didn't allow all these like weird ethnic letters and things, you know? <laughs> this isn't on my keyboard. This doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, because I didn't realize I didn't realize how long she's been around. <laughs> like she was like an adult when Crossroads came out. Yeah. When I was uh um I don't know, thirteen, twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I talked with Becca about this like while I was listening. I was like, "Hey, did you see Crossroads as a kid?" I never saw Crossroads, and she's like, "Yeah, I saw it." And at the time, it had a big, big impact on me. I don't mm-hmm. know if it would stand the test of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't really want to talk about this song very much, other than I love the original and I don't enjoy Britney's singing on it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, not great. But you should play the clip from the Crossroads trailer. Uh, and to set the scene, it's it's a it's a road trip movie. For the most part, because her character, Lucy, is trying to go meet her birth mother. Um, her dad's Dan Aykroyd, who's like a oh. mechanic and oh, has a what? tattoo. That's the least <laughs> believable really, thing I've ever heard. really weird. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, 
Yeah, because when I see Dan Aykroyd, I think like practical and masculine and, yeah. and worldly. He works with his hands, you know? <laughs> he doesn't just have a massive, weird, egg-shaped head. <laughs> he's definitely a, a, he's, he's a manual labor type guy. <laughs> yeah. R- rough and tumble um, is what I think of when I hear Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> so, so it's three young women, um, or I think they're supposed to be teenagers in the movie. And, mm-hmm. um, you you could say that they're not girls and not yet women. <laughs> One could say you that. You could say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're going to be problematic about it, um, they're going on a road trip and they're catching a ride with this uh, with um, I guess like a slightly older man, um, young man who has a car, and uh, so that's setting the scene. Mm-hmm. Go play. Go. Make the journey. Whoops! I'm sorry. Make the journey. I'm a guy, just a guy, and and that's my car. It's the one thing that hasn't been taken over by checks. Wait, what? Hang on. <laughs> okay, hang on. <laughs> I'm a guy. That's my car. It's the one thing that hasn't been taken over by chicks. Speaking of all the wild shit that white dudes felt entitled to say back 20 years ago, and it feels like it's a different planet. <laughs> oh, I can't think of the last time someone is like unironically referred to a woman as a chick. A chick. That's <laughs> oh my so, God. so weird. Teeny little baby bird. <laughs> You're just a little baby inc- bird. I'm going to go in- incubate some chicks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, it's, just, it's such a strange... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um but uh yeah, I'm a guy. I'm a guy. I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm a guy. Uh you can definitely tell that someone is uh confident and self-assured and secure in their identity if they go around saying things like I'm a guy. If they yeah. have to keep proclaiming things like that, they're definitely they definitely know where they stand and they have yeah. no insecurities about it in any way. Yeah. Uh, me, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. And by the lady, I mean the guy. <laughs> the guy. He's a guy. He okay. He's a guy. He's got a car. It's the only thing that hasn't been taken over by chicks. Yeah. Man, uh, so, <laughs> the the reaction in the video is that she sort of like looks longingly at him. Brittany does, uh-huh. and I think the idea <laughs> is that he's, he's he's sort of insinuating that his heart has been taken over by chicks, and oh. by specifically her. Uh-huh. I think that's oh. the subtext. Uh huh. And it's supposed to be like a tender moment. That's also huh. <laughs> in the beginning of this trailer. Britney Spears is wearing a fucking bucket hat. Oh, this I got to see first. She's jumping on her bed in her underwear and singing. And then she, and then it's hard cut to her in a bucket hat. <laughs> it's a really wild transition from underwear to bucket hat. The Britney Spears story. <laughs> Whoo. Okay. Um, With. She is dancing in her underwear. Yeah. Oh, she's also in her pajamas. Won't be late. There's Dan Aykroyd. About mother. Has she ever tried to see me? No. Oh my God, he's the least convincing yeah. mechanic. I haven't seen you since Christmas. 
And there's always Dude, we have to plan the wedding. Sultan. Mimi. I'm gonna get out of this town. Go all the way to California. How are you gonna get there? I found a ride with this guy. What? This guy. You can't go by yourself with some guy. So some... then come with <laughs> They keep saying guy. <laughs> you can't go by yourself with some down. guy. <laughs> I found a ride with some guy. <laughs> but I need to go to California. <laughs> It's okay. I found a ride with some guy. Uh, oh my god! Okay, so what should we? We can't talk about very much more. Um, I wish we could talk about the JT. I, I have most of my sand samples in these last three songs, but I need to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you choose one. Do you want to do ten, eleven, or twelve? Uh, I'm fine with any of them. Uh, ten, eleven, or twelve. Um. Yeah. If it doesn't go well, it's it's your fault. I mean, that is true. Um. Let's do ten. Bombastic love seems All maybe right. the most interesting. This is the most ABBA, the most Max Martin and Raimi mm-hmm. standing in their lane. Mm-hmm. But, uh, also, the use of the word bombastic just feels very ESL. They're just like, yeah. have you heard of this English word bombastic? Let's start <laughs> a whole song about it. People say this, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of, it's what, one of those words that is an example of itself. You can't really use the word bombastic without doing it in a bombastic way, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. It's like gauche. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, what it, it's like auto, there's a word for words that are examples of themselves. I, I forget what it is, but it's like auto something. Anyway. That's bombastic. Uh, I don't even really know what this song is. It's a love song, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> where I'm completely yours and you are mine. That's a little. It's be like in a movie. It's a little. Uh, it's a little sexy, huh? Uh, auto is autological is the word I was thinking of. Autolog. There it is. Autological. Um, I mean to say I'm completely yours and you are mine. I don't know. I, I guess maybe this is colored by me. Um mishearing the words as something about make love which turns out is not actually in the song and i thought whoa this is the first explicit mention of uh, getting down dirty from britney and i still don't think she has like th- explicitly talked about sex right i think this is about insecurity uh don't know why i feel so insecure i never understood what it's good for i've got to make sure that weakness won't stop me again i can't sit and wait anymore you made me realize not to compromise the fact that you and i should meet yeah. Um, no, I think you're so right. I guess, yeah, this song, this song is about uh, uh, someone bringing out the best in you. Yeah. Teaching you things. And it's bombastic somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and we all know that that's uh, a little bit out of the ordinary. Yeah. To love people like that. <laughs> it's big and it's loud and it draws attention to itself. Yeah. Um, uh, in the genius, uh, in the genius <laughs> annotation, it says bombastic is defined as grandiloquent (laughs) (laughs) okay it is not for one thing but also that's a very good bit (laughs) Uh, someone who is grandiloquent can be bombastic but not everything that is bombastic is grandiloquent yeah you know you know i'm saying 
Yeah, if that's, that's what I'm making the saying about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's all I have to say about this song. Uh, <laughs> Can we fit uh, another I one real I quick? Sound, I, I have a sound sample. Oh. Um, okay, well, before we do that, I think musically, just more clever um, phrasing from Max Martin and Raimi. Um, in the mm-hmm. chorus... Um, the end word of the halfway point, you are mine, that the mine lands on the fourth beat. Mm-hmm. And um, when we fall in love for the first time at the end of the chorus, that lands on the fourth beat. Um, and uh, I think it's really catchy. It's just those little details. They could have stretched it out or ended it sooner, but they end it on that um, offbeat. And I think it makes the song. Mm. So, yeah, play that sound sample again. Let's yeah. listen, listen to the chorus. Yeah. Those voices. That's so cool. I wonder if that's like a, a Moog or something, just sampling the vocals. Oh, I, I meant I want you to play the, the main sound sample. But oh, that's good I'm too. sorry. Yeah. For the first time on the fourth beat again, I'm completely yours, yours, and you are mine. One, two, three, four. Um, yeah, it's just like a clever little thing. Um, mm-hmm. Those those little details make these otherwise unremarkable songs catchy, mm-hmm. and I just enjoy uh, those moments. Um, I was just looking up uh, Rami, who that is known by that as his state uh, professional name. His birth name is Rami Yakub, and he is a Swedish uh, Palestinian record producer who has worked with all kinds of people, including uh, Selena Gomez, Nicki Minaj, Lady Gaga, Bon Jovi, Backstreet Ariana Boys. Grande. Yeah. Pink, Celine Dion, wow. NSYNC, Weezer. Damn. Wow. Uh, yeah, man, these, this is like such a fascinating dimension of, like the music industry that I feel like doesn't get a ton of attention, but there are just like these people out there that are like producing and writing songs and stuff for tons of different artists. And I, I don't know, it's just like so fascinating to me that there's this like random, there's a couple like random dudes from Sweden who have like created all of America's pop music for the last like yeah, no one two knows or three who decades. They are. Yeah. They're <laughs> not household names. Research. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That's huh. very interesting to me. Okay. Uh I think I gotta go. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Uh we'll be back next week with uh in the Another zone. Another episode. Yeah, in the zone. The two thousand three heard nine eleven response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh it's going to be great, I think. I think she's directly going to address it in a very tasteful way, if I know anything about her. Um, 
All right. Well, until next week, thanks for joining us. You can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, go on that iTunes podcast or Apple podcast, whatever the fuck it's called, and jam those stars. Type up those words for the reviews. That helps us out. Uh, if you want to support us even more directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Uh, you'll get access to all of our bonus materials, including our weekly mini show, which is called What's in the Box Weekly. Uh, this week, I did a movie blitz of three different movies. Uh, and Cameron, what did you talk about? I fi- I finally watched It Follows. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I sort of um, <laughs> rambled a bit about how I can't decide if that movie's good or not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> or if the movie, <laughs> yeah, what what the movie's trying to say, if anything. So yeah, uh, but it was it was a good little movie movie chat hang. Yeah, and we'd we'd love for you to to uh, be a little fly on the wall for our for our warm-up for this show mm-hmm. uh you can also join our discord the link will be in the show notes and you should listen to cameron's other podcast which is called get up in the cool yeah you should consider getting up in the cool mm-hmm. four out of five dentists agree yeah dentists do a lot of listening cool. to old-time music it turns out <laughs> 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 all right uh, huh? i'm i'm done okay <laughs> Very good. All right. Until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm driving Miss Justin. <laughs> I've been... <laughs> Back to the beginning. I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm going to horny jail. Bonk, bonk, bonk. <laughs>